Happy Wednesday, Razorback fans. Three days away from Bobby Petrino and the Missouri State Bears coming to Fayetteville. Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium, 6 o'clock on SEC Network Plus or ESPN Plus. You got to stream it, but that's okay. Um, it's 2022. You should be able to stream by now. I'm just saying. Like, if, if that's an issue for you, I'm sorry. Everybody else has figured it out. Uh, Arkansas, Missouri State, it's, it's big time. Um, I, I actually put a story out today on hogbeat.com. Uh, the ties between Arkansas and Missouri State run deeper than just Bobby Petrino. There's actually eight different coaches or players for Missouri State that have ties to the natural state. So go check that out. It's actually pretty interesting. All right, boys, let's talk about what we saw at practice on Tuesday. I've got Alex Trader, Robert Stewart with me from hogbeat.com, H-A-W-G-B-E-A-T.com, and you're listening to the Gridiron Hogs podcast, a daily podcast covering the Arkansas football team every day, um, anywhere from 15 to 20 to 30 minutes just talking Razorback football, what we see at practice, what we hear from coaches, all that. So let's talk about what we saw at practice on Tuesday. Of course, uh, Jalen Cattle and done for the season. He wasn't there. Ladarius Bishop, he was not at practice for the second day in a row, uh, confirmed with a, a University of Arkansas representative that uh, Bishop has a knee injury. Um, so we know he's not going to play this Saturday. We don't know how long he's going to be out. He hasn't been at practice, so that's interesting. Miles Slusher also wasn't at practice. He hasn't been at practice since the Cincinnati game. Uh, Sam Pittman has said that he thinks Slusher will play this weekend. So I don't know. It's a little interesting that he wasn't at practice on Monday or Tuesday, though. That makes you feel like maybe he won't. Um, but, of course, we're not the head coach. We don't know what's going to happen. So uh, the secondary is banged up, Robert, and uh, that's one thing that – Bobby Petrino talked about, and that's one thing you got to worry about when you're facing a Bobby Petrino offense. Yeah, absolutely. We know how, uh, I mean, we know firsthand how electric those Bobby Petrino offenses can be. And, you know, it's also worth noting that we saw Latavius Brainy yesterday uh, in on campus and in, in one of the, the, the buildings walking around with a boot limping right past us. So, um, you know, even if he gets in there, he, probably won't be a hundred percent by Saturday. So uh, not, not ideal to have your Jalen cattle on replacement already struggling with, you know, an ailment of his own. I will say I did watch Brini at practice yesterday and he was limping on Monday a good bit, but on Tuesday he looked good. He was moving around. Well, I didn't see him limping a whole lot. I mean, the ankle looked fine. I think that the boots just one of those precautionary things where, you know, they put it on him just to make sure, make, make sure he's safe throughout the day. Um, he looked okay at practice. I would assume he's going to play this weekend. I don't see why he wouldn't Trey Knox though. I don't know if Trey Knox is going to play this weekend. He's at practice still really, um, you know, hesitant to put a whole lot of weight on that right ankle. I don't know if you need to play Trey Knox this weekend, Nathan Bax was playing with the first team during fastball at practice on Tuesday. He's the second team tight end. He was with the first team. Hudson Henry then moved up to the second team tight end. So that's interesting. Uh, I think that Trey Knox might not need to play this weekend. Um, another guy who we, we keep talking about every week, Dominique Johnson, he needs to play this weekend. I think, I think he does. Um, I think that just get him, get him a little bit of pop in the game, let him get hit. Uh, that way he can be good going into AM next week. Um, here's the interesting thing, though. And 
it's it's okay if something happens for one day, but when it happens two days in a row, that's when it starts to become something that might happen. And Malik Chavis has been the first team corner alongside Dwight McLaughlin for two days at practice. Hudson Clark moved down to the second team with Kiwan Parker. Um, Sam Pittman said he wants to see Kiwan Parker more, but I wasn't expecting Hudson Clark to move down to the second team and bring up Malik Chavis to the first team. Uh, just general thoughts on that, Robert? I mean, we we noted that he didn't look perfect. I mean, the first two games, Hudson Clark, but at the same time, I don't know about moving him down. Maybe it's just an experimental thing against um, and uh, a non-conference opponent just to get um, just to get other guys some more reps. I don't know. I mean, I my thing is I I have yet to see a play from Hudson Clark that warrants m- bumping him to the second team. All right. Um, he did have that bad play where he just like completely missed the tackle. He was like hanging on to the dude's leg and he dragged him, but. That right. that's that's okay. Those those plays are okay. Alex, I want to ask you this, and I'm I'm putting you on the spot, buddy. So don't get embarrassed. If if you could move one defensive end up to the first team, and this I'm, I told you I'm putting you on the spot. Who would it be? Because somebody got moved up to the first team yesterday. Yeah, I just so happen to have the uh, practice notes, uh, the practice notebook up. So um, Landon Jackson has looked fantastic in in his his reps in game. He's been getting after the quarterback. He's been making plays. So it makes sense for him, for me to see him moved up to that first team. Um, The transfer guys have really broken out for this defense. And I think you're seeing a lot of that continue to shine through is that you're getting talent in the portal. Those guys are finding their way on the field. There were questions about it early on in the season throughout spring ball. Can these guys make their way? Are they, are they all they were cracked up to be? And right now the answer appears to be yes. All right. Um, that's unfortunate. I was hoping to get an answer out of you that maybe wasn't Landon Jackson and I could embarrass you publicly, but you know, it didn't happen. It's okay. Um, all right, guys, let's uh let's get to this interview with Wyatt Wheeler. Um, we're gonna get all that information on Missouri State because we don't watch Missouri State football a whole lot. So uh here's Wyatt Wheeler. All right, we now welcome on Wyatt Wheeler. He covers Missouri State for the Springfield. Uh, news leader Wyatt um, my first question for you is just this has to probably be the busiest week that you've had covering Missouri State right yeah it's a different one I'm also I also cover all the high schools in town too so it's uh it's always a little something else but you know Arkansas week and just uh, the whole Petrino story and everything it's uh it's definitely a busy week I look at uh uh, look at some playoff appearances, trying to give them uh, the coverage they deserve and everything. But I mean, I made my way down to uh, I made my way down to Fayetteville a couple weeks ago and talked to a bunch of fans about how this week's gonna go and um, and did a, and did, and put out a long story today, just knowing the other things we need to do with Petrino talking. It's a it's a busy week for sure. Do you think uh, the the players for for Missouri State and their fans like fully grasped the magnitude of Bobby Petrino's return to Arkansas? I don't know. Um, of course, the the players were in kindergarten when a lot of this went on. Um, it's just kind of, so. I mean, it's I don't know if 
kindergarten, but it's been a it's been a while. I I think anybody, I mean, these players have Googled their coach before, um, and they know the first image that pops up. Um, they they've looked them up on YouTube. Um, they see what one of those one of those first videos are. Um, so I, I think they get it. They they've done enough research to know, hey, this is the this is what's going on in the coach's past is why he's at this university. Um, but I don't know if they're truly gonna understand it until they see some of the costumes in the crowd, they see um, some of those different things. But I, I I think the players also understand that it's also a, a game that they're going into. They have some F FBS transfers. Uh, their safety has been in Arkansas, been played at Arkansas before. Um, so I, I, they're going to have an understanding of a lot of the little things. But uh, the, the scale of the story back when it happened, I, I don't think any of them uh, really have an idea of what that was like. And I, I do think a lot of fans kind of remember just being southwest Missouri, Fayetteville right there. And it was it was a ginormous story. And, I mean, it, ten, uh, 10 years ago, I was – I was in high school watching all of this go down. Um, never thought I'd be I'd be in the position to cover Petrino as a, as a coach, but um, yeah, time goes on, and uh, they've gotten to know him and love him. Um, I, I've enjoyed the heck out of working with them, and uh, just kind of curious how this how Saturday's going to go. I'm sure there'll be some fans cheering when he's shown on the video board. Some will boo. And a lot are going to, and some are going to have their jokes. It's just not everything is. So you mentioned some of those FBS transfers, and I, I think I counted. I don't remember the exact number. What is it like? 25, 26 FBS transfers? I don't even count anymore. There's just uh, there's just so many at this point, um, and it's just the way college football, especially at this level, has kind of gone on. But definitely makes up the bulk of the roster and. Um, and what's uh, what's helped them turn everything around this quickly. So as far as those transfers go and the the makeup of the roster, it's almost it's it's almost like it's just an, a normal you know FBS team. And so when you look at this team and the way that they play uh, the the higher level you know teams, like I look back to the Oklahoma State game, I'm sure you've been asked about that a whole lot. This is a team that's not really, you know, your normal run-of-the-mill FCS team and then add on top the fact that, you know, Bobby Petrino is returning to Arkansas. Do you think that Missouri State is going to be a lot more competitive in this game than people think? No, Missouri State could beat a lot of Sunbelt teams. Um, and we looked, at, we looked at this past weekend where we're seeing Appalachian State, uh, Marshall, Georgia Southern knocking off those Power 5 programs. Um, notably Marshall and Notre Dame, uh, top 10 team. It's not in the top 10 anymore because uh, Sunbelt team won. But I mean, Missouri State can compete with those teams. Missouri State can beat a lot of those teams. So where they are going to have some confidence, and a lot of that is going to come from the Oklahoma State game. Um, had the ball Oklahoma State territory under a minute left, and uh, they were going to go for two if they got it. So, I mean, that's – and, and you remember how the Big 12 championship game ended. That's Oklahoma State reaching and coming up a half yard short of making the college football playoff. Um, so that does give the team a lot of confidence. 
Um, they, they're, I mean, this is a group that believes. Uh, the coaching staff does a great job at instilling that belief um, in their players. And uh, why not try to instill that? You have all these FBS guys who have been there before, you know, safeties from Alabama, the running backs, Kansas State, um, you know, receive, I mean, receivers, Central Michigan, but it's been one of the, has been one of the best players at this subdivision. Uh, the quarterback is the best uh, quarterback at this subdivision. So they're going to have a lot of why not mentality. And they feel like they could be a team like North Dakota State. Um, and everybody knows North Dakota State can go in. I mean, they're, they might be favored to beat Arizona this week um, as, a, as a team out of this conference to go beat a Pac-12 team is kind of unheard of. So, uh it's uh, it, they have a shot at doing it. They're they have a they're gonna believe they can do it. Um, I'm not gonna doubt them, but I mean, I, I've watched enough Arkansas the last couple weeks, um, to know how good that team is. I think this team's built a little differently than what they saw week one, just early in the season last year for Oklahoma State. Just love that defensive front. Love the linebackers. They don't make mistakes. Uh, so it's going to take Arkansas really having a bad game um, for any any kind of thing like that because Jefferson takes care of the ball. The running backs are extremely good. And the Bears' offensive line just hasn't been up to par to where you think it can take on a defensive front like Arkansas has. You know, it's funny. When when we listen to press conferences and, and more seasoned reporters ask uh, – players, coaches, questions about certain players on the other team. It feels like they they never use their name. Like we were, we were talking to four players yesterday and they were always asking about the quarterback. This is really good. And the running back number nine, he's really good too. Um, can can you tell us a little bit about those two players and what their names are? Yeah, the quarterback number three in Arkansas world, number three is uh, Jason Shelley. Um, he's going to be up for the Walter Payton Award, which goes to the best FCS offensive player. Um, this is a guy, I mean, his ability to move in the pocket is pretty special. He's not a big guy. He's about 5'9". Um, I mean, if he was taller, he'd be at a bigger conference right now getting NFL looks. Uh, just the just the ability to move uh, and extend plays is uh, pretty special. Um, makes a lot of ma- just kind of magic in the backfield is what we like to say. But uh, we'll make those plays, throw the ball down the field, makes up for some offensive line play at times. Uh, Petrino will get him on his, will get him on the move to be able to look down the field and everything. I'd expect a lot of that come um, come Saturday night. Um, but no, I mean he's got a good arm, can move around and. Uh, five incompletions, five touchdowns this past week when they gave him a little bit of time to sit in the pocket. So um, not turning the ball over either. Doing a, he's made an emphasis this season to uh, throw the ball away, take sacks if he needs to, but never turn it over. Um, and he's excelled at that through two weeks. Um, Cartier Wright is your number nine. That's the running back. Um, he's a newcomer, Kansas State. He's he just played his second game with the Bears. Um, he's pretty, he's a good running back. He has a ton of uh, he has a ton of uh, accolades from his time as a high school back in Illinois, uh, one of the leading rushers in the state's history. 
just a big back, just kind of a violent runner. Uh, he, he's looking for contact instead of running away from it. Actually has pretty good hands for that style of a running back. He, usually you'd expect a, uh, maybe a smaller back to be able to do that a little more, but he's got good hands for a big back. Um, really had a good game this past week, falls forward and gets in the extra yards. So uh, he's he's going to be one that's going to continue to get better throughout the year. And I think that the other one that Arkansas is going to key in on is number 19, uh, Central Michigan wide receiver transfer from a couple of years ago, Ty Scott. Um, he's an All-American potential receiver, one of the best in the FCS uh, NFL potential, just a guy that really has a good connection with Shelly. Um, I always see, I mean, even when he's covered, uh, there's connecting somehow. Shelly had, there was a fourth and one last week where, uh, had press man coverage in critical part of the game early in the fourth quarter. Shelly gave him a hand signal and he ends up running a fade to the corner of the end zone when they're, um, fourth and one at the seven when they could have just run for a yard and try to get that first but ends up running a fade and everybody in the stadium's like what in the world are they doing um jason throws a perfect ball ty kind of jumps over and catches it over him and gets a foot down for a pretty unbelievable catch so uh, those two have a pretty great connection and i expect a lot of things from uh ty just kind of going forward so we, we, we've talked about the offense plenty, and we know the, the type of offense that Bobby Petrino can bring, but let's talk about the defense. How can how can Missouri State's defense stack up against Arkansas's offense, which has been very successful through two weeks? Yeah, uh, watching that offensive line get pushed, watching Rocket Sanders, I mean, that rushing attack is something else, and that's going to be uh... – that's going to be something the Bears have to slow down at the very least. Try to make KJ beat him with his arm, beat the Bears with his arm. Um, they're they're good again. They they had they're coming off a good week against the run. Um, UT Martin ran for 260 yards in their season opener. Ended up running for 83 just last week. Um, so the Bear, I mean, they're good at what they focus on, and I'm sure a lot of that's going to be trying to take away the run this week. Um, very good front at the FCS level. Uh, Kevin Ellis is a defensive end who should get some NFL looks. Um, defensive tackles. We thought that that was going to take a step back after they had a guy drafted here in a recent, uh, uh, in the most recent NFL draft. But they have a great rotation of guys in there. I have a former Mississippi State guy that's a big guy that will plug some holes up. Have a former Kansas State guy in there who's been really good to start the year. Um, and just some different rotational guys. Just kind of you have Kevin, and then you have uh, a handful of defensive ends and a handful of defensive tackles that are going to slow some things down. Uh, good linebackers, experienced linebackers from what they've had. Probably not the most athletic from what they had. They had a guy transfer out to Pitt after last season. Um, but just really smart guys that are always in the right spot. So, I mean, that front seven is going to have to do a lot to try to slow things down, make it a passing game. Um, even though KJ doesn't throw interceptions, really, um, the strength of the defense, aside from probably the defensive front right now, 
Really love the starting secondary. Uh, Montre Braswell is a Central Michigan transfer. Um, All-American guy. He's uh, He'll take your best receiver and follow you around. Um, and he's been a ton of fun to watch. Just really grown uh, the last couple of years. Um, heck of a kick returner, too. I can see Arkansas maybe kick it away from him. Every team tries to. He's a guy... I'm a Chicago Bears fan, so I remember the Devin Hester days. Um, and I, I'm starting to get that feeling again. Every time he touches the ball, you feel like there's a chance. So um, I, I, that's uh, he's been a lot of fun back there. Um, safeties, Dylan Thomas was a really good player in the MAC last year, Northern Illinois, just a hybrid safety type. Uh, we had a really good opening week at Central Arkansas. Um He's he wanted to play closer to his home in Kansas City, so he transferred down to Missouri State. Uh, has been really good for through a few weeks. I think Kyrie McDonald, the former Cincinnati and Alabama guy, uh, at safety. I think he's another All-American potential FCS guy. Uh, just covers the field really, really fast. Uh, sure tackler in the open field. And they've, they just added a guy named Caleb Blake, who's now their second corner, uh, Florida State transfer, who the staff was on uh, before they got before they got here, um, starting at that second at that second corner spot. So um, FBS transfers make up a lot of the secondary, even down the depth chart. Um, but no, I mean, they that's that group will turn will turn you over. Um and then Alabama, Arkansas has got some great big receivers. It's going to be a challenge, but that's kind of where the Bears are going to try to force you to play into um, if they can slow down the, that great rushing attack, which uh, easier said than done. All right. Last thing for you here, Wyatt. On our message board, we've had at least two people say they think Missouri State is going to win this game, which is, to be quite honest, two more people than I expected. And hearing you talk, uh, I, I feel like it's going to be a more competitive game than I thought. Um, what do you think? How do you think the game's going to go? You got a score prediction? Yeah, not really a score prediction. I I, I like where the line's at. I just see those 23-point lines. Um, I think Bobby's going to have a motivated – I mean, I, I don't I, – he tries to brush it off that it's just any other week. But I'm sure he's been uh, studying this one to make sure – He's not going to go back to Fayetteville and get embarrassed. Um, so, I mean, uh, the coaching and um, it's a great – it's a really good team the Bears have. And it's uh, – at the F they're going to compete for a national championship at the FCS level. Uh, they have as much skill as anyone. They can't have dumb penalties and stuff, which has plagued them for the first couple of weeks. The offensive line needs to come along. I'm not going to sit here and say Missouri State's going to win this game. Um, I had a ton of respect for what Arkansas has been has shown the first few weeks, but um, around the line, probably the 23 point line, I think is uh, uh, probably where to expect it. Um, I, I don't know if Ar I mean, Arkansas has got a big game next week, and Missouri State's got a uh, one of the biggest games in the FCS schedule next week to where they're gonna need to come out healthy. Um, so it really just depends. Can they slow down the rush? Um, they're gonna get. They're gonna. They're gonna try to. They're gonna try to get Shelley on the move to 
try to try to make it so the offensive line isn't so dependent on. Um, and then you think uh, trying to slow down their Arkansas run game. And if that's going, it can be pretty bad unless Arkansas decides to just really control the clock instead, just by running it down the Bears' throats and taking up a lot of court, taking up a lot of time. Um, but no, I, I think around that 23 point line is fair. Um, and I think that's a pretty, I would expect the Bears to have a pretty good showing. Um, uh, even even in something like that, I don't I don't think they're going to get embarrassed. I think that's kind of what you look for in an FCS FBS matchup. Um, and but if they keep it close and they have a chance in the end, I mean I've seen them do some weirder things. Um, but I'm I'm not going to sit here and say the Bears are going to beat Arkansas. I think uh, I, I just I really like what Sam Pittman has going down there. All right, Wyatt Wheeler from the Springfield News Leader. Thank you so much for your time, man. You were great probably our best one on the podcast yet. So thank you very much for all your information and for your time, man. No, I appreciate you guys having me. All right.